This is the Canadian Taxpayers Podcast. Here at the Taxpayers Federation, we're dedicated to lower taxes, less waste, and more accountable government. I'm Todd McKay. I'm here with our interim Ontario Director, Jay Goldberg. It's election season, so we're putting together a series of podcasts on major election issues. We're getting into the platforms, looking deep into it. Listen, we're not going to go and talk about every tenth of a point of movement on polls. We're not going to talk about images uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Lots of people doing that. It's fun if you're into that sort of thing. But we wanted to focus on issues that our supporters have told us are important to them. And one of the major issues that we've heard a ton about is free speech, censorship, what's going on with regulating the internet, all of that kind of stuff. Accountability is critical to our mandate. And if you're going to hold the government accountable, you need free speech. That's just, uh, it's a vital component of that. So we're going to dive deep into uh, all of the different platforms, where all of that stuff's at. But before we do all of that, uh, Jay, how's it going? Todd, things are going really well. Uh, As our viewers will know, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation recently launched our national debt billboard campaign. So I had Franco here in Toronto for that. That was great to see him in Toronto. Uh, Of course, it was really special for me. Uh, Some of you may or may not know, but the little girl on that, uh, the poster, the uh, billboard was my daughter, Sybil, who is uh, just under eight weeks old. So it was really special to see that. And uh, Todd, I was telling you before, uh, you know, these things really put life in perspective, having kids now. Uh, You know, I've been big on issues about debt and deficits uh, the whole career I've had, but uh, it really puts on a special, special twist uh, when you have a kid uh, and you're thinking of their future. And I'm sure it hits home for you and parents across the country. Oh, for sure. I've got four kids. uh, So my life is pretty hectic. Uh, But yeah, it is. It's funny. You look at debt, it's just a number. Um, then all of a sudden you're looking at, not only do I have to pay that off, my kids are going to have to pay off, pay it off as well. It, uh, yeah, it makes my blood pressure go up, uh, just a little bit, but I will say those, uh, those billboards, uh, they were pretty cute. You got a cute baby there, man. That's, uh, that was awesome. So, okay, let's, uh, let's get into things here. Uh, the parties are talking about what to do about the internet uh, they're talking about what to do with uh, uh, online censorship. It's funny in this case, uh, when we get to telling the truth on the internet, the liberals have run into a, a big problem uh, with uh, Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland. She got in trouble with Twitter. Twitter stamped her with a manipulated media tag. Yeah, well, we can't get into all of this without talking about that. So let's indulge this a little bit, Jay. What happened there? Yeah, so of course, we're going to get into the whole Trudeau government agenda thing in just a few minutes. But absolutely, we got to talk about what happened with uh, Christia Freeland. And so Twitter tagged a video she posted. She posted a video. It appeared to show a conservative leader, Aaron O'Toole, embracing some parts of introducing private health care into the system here in Canada. But the thing is, the Liberals cut out the part of the clip where O'Toole said that universal access is paramount. So Twitter said that was essentially misinformation, misleading content. And so without intending to do so, uh, Christia Freeland, just through tweeting, she really showed Canadians exactly why our government should not have the power to regulate and filter our content online 
governments, including this government, but all others as well, they're really bad. They have bad track records when it comes to telling citizens the truth. And so one of the questions that comes to mind is, you know, how can we trust bureaucrats who are appointed by a government to be these neutral arbiters of truth, if you want to call them that, given the new powers that are being proposed, if we can't even trust the government that's handpicking them? Yeah, the reason we have freedoms like freedom of speech is because we have to be able to keep our governments accountable. If they didn't need to be kept accountable, we wouldn't have to worry about it so much. But man, talk about just getting hoisted, hoisted on your own petard, hey? Your own tweet just coming back to bite you like that. Okay, but let's get beyond the, you know, the campaign bus nonsense. Let's get back to the liberal uh, policy a little bit because we want to jump into the policy depth here. What, uh, what have we heard from the other parties? Let's start with the other guys and we'll come back to the liberals. So, yeah. Okay, so let's start with the NDP. Uh, we know that the NDP was largely supportive of much of the Liberal government's censorship and regulation agenda in the last parliament. They supported Bill C-10 in the House of Commons, so it really shouldn't be a shock that their proposals look a lot like the Liberals. They're basically looking to create their own versions of Bill C-10 and Bill C-36. Uh, so let's start with the NDP approach to the so-called hate speech issue. Uh, the NDP platform, it's rather vague. Um, it doesn't really talk about the implementation phase, but it's pretty clear from what the NDP is saying that they'd like to turn to online censorship to go after what they call hate speech online. And I want to say outright immediately, you know, hate speech is wrong. It should never be tolerated. But we know that issues like hate speech, they're already addressed in the criminal code. And if we need to strengthen those criminal code provisions, we can have that conversation. But government censorship that would put all of us under the microscope and in the crosshairs, that's not the answer to these problems. So the NDV approach, just like the liberals, is to go after free speech while saying that they're trying to go after hate speech. They essentially want the government to monitor what Canadians see and say online and order communications companies to take things down that they disapprove of. That might be hate speech, but it could also expand into other issues. We know that once government gets involved in monitoring what we see and share, we've seen in other countries, it's a really slippery slope to a far-reaching government censorship. Yeah, it, that is such a, a huge issue. There's a lot of people who criticize us online, and I defend their right to do it. If you don't like what I say, have at her. But I need to have the freedom to, uh, to uh, counter that. We need the government out of the way on that. And this is something to worry about. Listen, again, let's just touch on the hate speech part. There are criminal code provisions for hate speech. If you're saying some of those kind of things that could really get people hurt at a criminal level, uh, it's totally reasonable to talk about dealing with that stuff with the criminal code. But we can't have uh, everybody under the microscope. And just because somebody doesn't like what you're saying, you know, even for Christia Freeland and Arrow Tool to go back and forth about whether that tweet is accurate or not, that's fair game. We don't need uh, parties uh, getting into that and uh, 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 getting into all of that kind of thing. If the parties want to strengthen criminal code provisions on hate speech, let's talk about that, but let's not go too far down the road on, uh, on everything. Todd, that's exactly right. We, we can and we shouldn't trample on the rights of every Canadian as a really inefficient way of going after the misdeeds of a few. 
And so the NDP on, on the so-called hate speech issue, they've said they're gonna do two things. The first is that they plan to convene a national working group to counter online hate. I have no idea what that means. Uh, we can chalk it up to electioneering, but uh, obviously it sounds quite vague. But their second part of the plan is to quote, make sure that social media platforms are legally responsible for the removal of hateful and extremist content online before it can do harm, unquote. So the NDP's wording, it sounds nice, but to do this, we would need a whole new giant bureaucracy for the government to monitor social media sites and ensure that they're taking so-called hateful content down quickly. But the NDP, they haven't really defined exactly what they think hateful or extremist content is. They haven't said how quickly these websites would have to take action before it can do no harm and take it down. And they haven't explained how the government could monitor social media companies so closely to make sure they're following all of these rules. And so the NDP plan, it would massively expand the power of government bureaucracies and their reach into our lives without doing the sensible thing, as we've said, and pushing for criminal code reforms. And it's really just a liberal plan with some fewer details. Okay, so the NDP seems to have taken a clear position. Some of the details are a little vague, but the position is relatively clear. They want a big new bureaucracy, uh, keeping an eye on what we're, uh, what we're all saying and uh, what we're hearing and seeing as well. There's both sides of that. So they've taken the position. What about regulating and prioritizing digital media content? That's something the Liberals have spoken about and the NDP seems to be kind of following down that trail as well. Yeah, so Todd, here again, we're seeing a heck of a lot of similarity between the NDP and the Trudeau Liberals. Jagmeet Singh uh, is planning to force digital media companies, and that includes Facebook, that includes Netflix, that includes Google, to make sure they have what the NDP considers to be sufficient Canadian content. So this could very well mean that digital media companies, they'll be forced to promote Canadian content over other content, which means that Canadian content would be heavily pushed on consumers online, even if that's not what they wanna watch. And so there's some really important questions here, like who decides what amount of Canadian content is sufficient and what bureaucrat is going to monitor digital media companies, even social media companies, and our news feeds on those social media sites to make sure that we have whatever the government considers to be sufficient Canadian content. Uh, you know, will digital media companies have to filter our news feeds as the liberals seem to want to do? These are all a lot of big questions. It seems that the NDP is going in that direction, but we really don't have very clear answers. Oh, and listen, I like Canadian content. I like the Tragically Hip. I like the Trailer Park Boys. I like all of that stuff pretty good, but I don't really need the government forcing a bunch of rules on top of it, especially because... Those rules inevitably come with costs and it's not gonna be Netflix paying those costs. It's not gonna be Amazon Prime. They're just gonna tack those bills uh, onto our subscription fees. Ultimately taxpayers are gonna pay. Especially when you top that up with a big new federal bureaucracy for all of this, that's really going to uh, uh, push the cost of everything up. Okay, so we've taken a pretty good look at what the NDP uh, is saying. Uh, it looks a lot like the a liberal plan. We'll get into that in a little more detail in a moment here. But what about the conservatives? What are they talking about? Okay, so uh, I know there were a lot of people um, 
that had many things to say about the conservative platform, but when it comes to the hate speech issue, the so-called hate speech issue, I should say, Aaron O'Toole's conservatives, they're really hitting the ball out of the park here. Uh, they're immediately condemning hate speech, as we all should, um, but they say, and, and very rightly so, as we've said before, the best way to go after hate speech is to use the anti-hate speech laws that are already under the books that are under the criminal code. And I just want to quote a statement from the conservative platform. Uh, they say, quote, what we do not support are restrictions on legitimate freedom of speech. Free speech, freedom of expression, and a free press are fundamental tenets of Canadian law and Canadian democracy. We will oppose government censorship of material that is not criminal in nature merely because some may find it to be offensive. Consequently, we have opposed Justin Trudeau's attempt to create a national, national speech regulator for social media. Unlike the Liberals, we will not use the power of government to censor those who we disagree with. Well, that's good to hear uh, Mr. O'Toole saying that sort of thing through the uh, through the uh, conservative platform, because we've definitely criticized him a lot. So at minimum, it's nice to see him uh, uh, recognizing our right to criticize uh, the conservatives, NDP, liberals. We criticize them all here. And it's important to have that uh, have that freedom. It is an essential component of democracy good on the party to uh, to uh, pay respect to that. So when it comes to forcing content onto streaming services, filtering Canadians news feeds, all of that stuff, where are the conservatives on that? Well, it's a bit of a mixed bag, Todd. There's some good stuff. There's some not good stuff. Uh, on the positive side, Aaron O'Toole has said he will scrap the liberal plan to force social media companies to prioritize Canadian content and you know all that paternalistic monitoring that would have come along with these liberal measures. So he's saying we're not going to check out your newsfeed and make sure that there's enough Canadian content there. Uh, according to the conservative platform, they're going to exempt social media companies from pushing Canadian content. So that's a major break from the other parties. Okay, so exempting social media companies, uh, that's good. That sounds like a start. But what about the digital streaming services? What about Netflix? What about Spotify? That's an area that other parties are looking, they're, they're trying to force Canadian content onto those platforms uh, and ultimately onto consumers. Where are the consumer or where are the conservatives on that front? So unfortunately, you know, the Tories, uh, while they are going to attempt exempt, they've said they're going to exempt uh, social media companies from the CanCon rules they still plan to force digital streaming services to invest, in their words, part of their Canadian revenue into producing Canadian content. Man, that's frustrating. It's frustrating because if you really believe in Canadian content uh, uh, creators, our musicians, our filmmakers, and those sorts of folks, they, shouldn't, uh, they should be able to compete. And they do. A lot of people around the world consume Canadian content. They shouldn't need uh, this sort of paternalistic help. And then on the other side, uh, man, if we're forcing extra costs on these companies, uh, you know where the bill's coming. You know where it is. It's going to be on your subscription and mine, Jay, and, uh, and everybody else out there. And that's really frustrating, especially if it's stuff that we're never going to watch because it, uh, it was made more to get the rubber stamp of bureaucrats than uh, the eyeballs of you and me and, uh, and everybody we know. So that's, uh, that's too bad. So, okay. But uh, what's, the, what's the next step here? Where, where are we going from here? 
So the Tories, they seem to be following the other parties on the regulating front. Uh, and unfortunately, they're also proposing, which they haven't in the past, uh, to embrace a digital services tax. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the rhetoric around this sort of thing is often, oh, let's make Netflix uh, pay. Let's make Spotify pay. But again, you know who's going to pay. It's us. Yeah, we're the bills. We're going to have our bills go up and uh, the companies will pass it on to the consumers. That's what always happens. Uh, you know, so if we step back for a minute, if we look at the conservative platform from a pro free speech, anti censorship position, it's a mixed bag. There's some good stuff. There's some not so good stuff. Their position on hate speech, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. And it's also good to see that they wouldn't have the government bureaucrats into our news feeds filtering it for Canadian content. But of course, there are some things to be disappointed about, including this CanCon restrictions for these streaming services and this digital services tax. Okay, so let's take a step away here to the other blue team, the Bloc Québécois, uh, because their position on these issues is actually uh, somewhat surprising, especially given their voting record in the House of Commons the last few years. What's going on with the Bloc? Yeah, it turns out the Bloc, they're definitely more on the free speech wagon than the NDP or the Liberals. And I know we'll talk about the Liberals uh, in a few minutes, but in the Bloc platform, uh, thankfully translated for us by our good friend, Renaud Brassard, the Bloc says that they will oppose censorship in the public sphere. So that includes media, that includes social media. And that's really good to hear that we have another party, not just the Conservatives coming, again, coming out against all powerful government bureaucrats deciding what potentially, quote, harmful content to block online. The unfortunate part is that while the block seems to be on the right track on censorship, their platform still favors Bill C-10 and promoting Canadian content on streaming services and social media. So, you know, there's some good stuff, but there's a lot of not so good stuff. Yeah, it's always a bit of a mixed bag. Okay, so... This gets up to kind of the grand finale. Uh, the Liberals, they haven't released their, their content or their platform as we're recording this, but their, their, uh, their record is very clear. I think we can extrapolate pretty concretely from that. <laughs> the biggest issues here, again, the so-called hate speech issue, as well as messing with Canadians' news feeds to promote Canadian content, forcing CanCon into streaming services. Let's talk about the Liberal stuff. Okay, and uh, let's start by talking about the so-called hate speech issue. This is where things get really scary. We started to talk about this a little bit with the NDP, but we're going to talk about it a lot more here. And, uh, you know, just a few weeks before Justin Trudeau called this election, the Liberal government, they put out a working paper on online hate speech. Uh, they intended to use it as the basis for a new online harms bill if they're reelected. And again, I think it's really important to say we're against hate speech, but the liberal approach, it could actually silence the government's critics. And that's why I say it's an anti-free speech bill masquerading as an anti-hate speech bill. The liberals, they're proposing to create no fewer than three new bureaucracies. Uh, so in addition to freedom of speech being put really at risk, you have to hold on to your wallets too. There's a few crucial players that would emerge if this liberal proposed bill were to become law. And so one of these key players would be a cabinet appointed digital safety commissioner. And that commissioner would be tasked with identifying harmful or hurtful content online and recommending to a six member digital services tribunal. And those members would also be appointed by cabinet 
that they should take that content down and order the websites to do so. So if the tribunal supports the commission's recommendation, the content will have to be taken down from a website or a social media site. And if they don't comply with what the government wants to do, and this is the really scary part, the social media company could be fined up to $10 million or 3% of their global profits, and they could potentially face indictable offenses. And I have to say, Todd, a company like Twitter, a company like Facebook, 3% of global profits, you're talking billions and billions of dollars. So a bunch of bureaucrats appointed by a liberal government would have the power to say what may or may not count as hate speech and what should be taken down at the risk of very, very major penalties in some cases. Yeah, so there are so many, uh, I think, really concerning questions here. You know, first of all, free speech is crucial. It's really the foundation of our ability to hold government accountable. None of this uh, is going in a good direction for, for that kind of uh, accountability. So that's a problem. As you said, the Trudeau cabinet at this point would be appointing all of these key players, including the digital safety commissioner and this uh, six member tribunal, all of that sort of thing. So this is kind of like if uh, the hockey team who won the last game got to hire the refs for the next game, you know, like maybe those refs would really call it straight, but you have to wonder a little bit. And there's a huge risk uh, that some of these uh, uh, government appointments could certainly skew in the government's favor. I, certainly there's a, a problem of appearance there, if not of actual fact. Listen, you and me, we've been spouting off on this a bunch. You've been doing a ton of work to, uh, to, to understand this stuff really thoroughly. That's been great. Me, I'm spouting off. But let's talk to somebody who's, uh, who's really got the depth all the way down to the bottom here. We've got a quote from, or a, a clip from University of Ottawa law professor Michael Geist on this proposal. Let's listen to that. So it's not about whether or not we ensure that we've got effective tools to deal with content that, as you suggested off the top, is abhorrent. It's whether or not the tools, the new tools that are being introduced, one, are strictly necessary. And we know that we are already dealing in these instances with illegal content, and there are already powers to try to deal with that. And if they're insufficient, then we should be taking action. But we also need to be cognizant of some of the costs and the risks associated with some of these proposals. And I think that that's where the government in this proposal really gets it wrong. I mean, I think it really is very dismissive of some of the core fundamental freedoms, some of the charter rights along the way. And so the pendulum swings so far in the direction of takedown that the result is that it won't just be illegal content that gets caught up but an assortment of other content, perfectly lawful content as well. Well, Todd, Geist, as usual, he's dead on. We're not against trying to go after hate speech and other criminal offenses. Uh, the real concern, as Geist said so, so well, is that other perfectly lawful content will be caught up in all of this extra regulation as well. And it's going to have a chilling effect on what Canadians are willing to say and what they're going to share online. Okay. So, Jay. That's the hate speech issue. What about Bill C-10? It's that uh, bill that got uh, uh, introduced in the, in the uh, House of Commons. The government used every procedural trick to try to push it through really quickly. The Senate did what it does well or badly, depending on how you look at it, kind of did nothing. Uh, and it ended up not getting passed before the election. So it's dead in the water there. 
But we've got to talk about Bill uh, C-10 because uh, certainly that would be an issue after the election. Talk about that. Well, so the Liberals, they claim that Bill C-10 is all about promoting Canadian content and making sure online streaming services are helping to pay for it to be produced. So, you know, that's problematic in and of itself because we shouldn't, of course, be forcing these streaming services to pay to produce this content. Viewers may never even watch it and they'll probably pass those costs on to consumers. But more importantly, the Liberal legislation, it also seeks to promote Canadian content on social media. We started to talk about this before, but in order for the Liberals to try to push Canadian content on social media, they're planning to give bureaucrats the power to regulate our social media posts. So this is a huge concern because, of course, as soon as government appointees get their hands on our posts and our news feeds, they could end up censoring or marginalizing content that is critical of the government. Again, it's a slippery slope, and that's the risk when you're giving bureaucrats so much power. So the biggest threat with C-10, it's similar to the threat with the online harms bill. In both cases, bureaucrats will be empowered to potentially silence the government's critics simply by controlling what Canadians are able to see and say online. Yeah, it's interesting, especially in the new world of, of social media and online uh, media. We often think of censorship as taking things down, and certainly that's a, a key proponent or component. But on the other hand, it's a form of censorship when you're promoting one thing over everything else. That's also uh, a form of, uh, of censorship uh, and certainly a dangerous one in this case. The Liberals are literally using broadcast regulations under the guise of promoting Canadian content on social media to pursue an agenda that uh, could potentially mar marginalize critics. Hey, and listen, here at the Taxpayers Federation, criticizing is a lot of what we do. Marginalizing critics, uh, that strikes pretty close to home. It sure does. And uh, I mean, Listeners need to think about it like this, your, your YouTube videos, your Facebook posts, all of that could end up being regulated, yours, mine, and everyone else's. Um, so we spoke with Professor Geis before, we listened to him before, he's a real smart guy, we'd love to hear what he has to say. So let's listen to a quick clip of him talking about Bill C-10 earlier this spring. No one, literally no other country, uses broadcast regulation to regulate user-generated content in this way. There's good reasons that all other countries reject this approach. It's not that they don't love their creators or that they want to avoid regulating internet companies. It's that regulating user-generated content in this manner is entirely unworkable, a risk to net neutrality, and a threat to freedom of expression. And Professor uh, Geis, I, I makes me want to go back to university, take a few more classes, hey? He doesn't uh, hold back at all. The Liberals have been trying to pursue this agenda while claiming uh, to want to promote Canadian content. But as a good uh, professor said, this is putting our freedom of expression and free speech uh, rights at risk. That's not something to fool around with. Absolutely. And, you know, we've been talking about free speech and censorship. We haven't even gotten to the cost, the dollar cost yet. Uh, Bill C-10, it could cost Canadian content creators over $800 million a year to pay for all of this new government regulation, Canadian content, and four to six million dollars a year for the CRTC bureaucrats just to do all of this monitoring to make sure that enough, enough Canadian content is being focused on. 
And of course, as is always the case, extra costs for corporations will mean higher prices for consumers. You can bet your Netflix bill, your Amazon Prime bill, these bills are gonna go up if we end up seeing this legislation passed. Yeah, that's the last thing we need, hey? Of all of the things we need, and there's a lot of stuff to work on. Uh, bigger bills when you're sitting down at the end of the day, watch a show. That's uh, pretty low on the list of, of things we need. Listen, despite all of the warnings from really smart people like Professor Geis and others, uh, the liberals, as well as the NDP, they continue to go down this road of trying to control what's on the internet, what you're seeing, what you're posting. Uh, and that's something that, uh, that, you know, people need to be aware of. They need to think about, you need to think about it as a voter. Your neighbors need to be aware. Uh, folks, uh, this is a major issue for, uh, for the election. And the thing I would say, too, elections don't really end when the ballots are counted. Policies, the game goes on and on and on. These will continue to be debates regardless of who wins the election. But here is something to really consider. While the election might be over on September 20th, this is the time when politicians listen the best. Even if you've got, even if it's already nailed down in their platform, you think it can't change, you get in the ear of those politicians, it will ring in their ears for years to come as these uh, debates continue. So, all right, Jay, thanks for figuring all this stuff out, saving uh, everybody all the work of combing through all of these uh, silly uh, propaganda pieces by, uh, by politicians of all parties and trying to figure out what they're actually talking about. To all of you out there, thank you for listening to us. Thank you to Jimbo for uh, editing this. Uh, James Wood, our investigative journalist who uh, tries to make this all sound good. Thank you to all of you for listening and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hi, I'm Scott Hennig, president of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. If you've got another minute, I'd like to ask you to think about the one person you know that would really enjoy listening to this podcast. Do us a favor and do them a favor and send them a quick note to let them know about it. At the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, we believe there is power in numbers. That's why we've worked so hard to build an army of taxpayers who are ready to push back. And we did it because people like you shared our work with that one person that they knew would really appreciate taking part. Thanks for listening. And thanks for doing your part to make Canada a better place.